I've been a fan of podcasting for well over 10 years. And I remember listening, tuning in, finding them, and listening to shows that were dedicated to my favorite television shows, uh, my hobbies, just subject matter that made me want to be a better person. But while I originally came to them because of the subject matter, I stayed because of the voices that I was hearing. In fact, over time, I felt like I was part of the conversation, even though they couldn't hear me. These people, these voices, were becoming my friends, even though they didn't know I existed. This kind of connection is exactly what businesses are spending millions and billions of dollars to do with their marketing campaigns, to have this kind of relationship with their audience, which of course is their customers and their potential customers. You're listening to The Sill Podcast with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 114, Time Trek, Inside the Pod. Where to from here? Where do we go from here? Exactly. The future of podcasting. Now, let me give you a little quote to start. This is by Matt Labrash of The Guardian. He says, The podcast scourge has turned the country into such a nonstop, jibber-jabbering wind tunnel that there are more than 700,000 active podcasts, or one per every 471 Americans, and more than 29 million podcast episodes. There's much to hate about podcasts. I hate that every other podcaster thinks they need to sound like Ira Glass on This American Life. I hate that everyone who's already had their say feels the compulsion to say more and more. He gives Bill Clinton as an example, Rudy Giuliani and people like that who have podcasts as well. But mostly I hate how long podcasts are, the average duration now being 43 minutes, blah, blah, blah. He goes on and on and on, complain, Mm -hmm, complain, mm -hmm, complain, mm -hmm. which begs the question, does he have a point? He has a point for some and not for others. First of all, as to the duration of the podcast, it really depends on the content. If a person is interested and the subject matter is compelling and the hosts are compelling and so on, it's a fact that people will listen an hour and a half, two hours to a podcast without any problem. Mm -hmm. However, much of the content that's available is not that interesting, not that entertaining, and not that well done. Therefore, 43 minutes is really tedious. Exactly. And there's no regulations. That's part of it. Not anybody and their cousin can get onto national radio, for example. That's right. Right? But anybody and their cousin can start up a podcast and join the 700,000 out there as a possible platform for their ideas. But even that, with 750,000 that you mentioned, about half of those don't go on beyond one or two episodes. So there's a lot of attrition within that number. Okay, so there's only a little more than a quarter million podcasts Well, there's plenty more than a quarter million. (laughs) No, there's no question about the quantity, but when you consider that there are seven and a half billion people in the world, and the figures I gave you apply to the United States only. Right. Roughly. Mm -hmm. Are producing podcasts? Are trying to. They may produce one and never produce one again. Right. Roughly one in 500 people in the U.S. Mm -hmm. are now attempting a podcast. But as I said, 
a good 50% of those don't get beyond one episode. Yeah. I'm going to be the devil's avocado here. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go back to the uh, fundamental question about mm-hmm. any media at all, and that is, how necessary is it? How necessary is it to have X hundred thousand podcasts available across the world to anybody mm-hmm. who has a computer or a cell phone? It's a good question. First of all, for those of you listening, in case you think that Harry's not literate, avocado was just a term he used. <laughs> <laughs> I veg out sometimes yeah. and so I become an avocado. The, so he is a devil's advocate in this case. But I guess what you're asking really is, what's the significance or importance of having all these podcasts? Yeah. Are they really adding something to the world that hasn't already been there through the agency of radio, television, film, print media, for example? Well, that's a good question, because in many instances, you're right in suggesting that it's been said or it's been done. However, podcasts allow a lot of customization, and they allow a lot more freedom within that space as well, because you're not dealing with restrictions, which can have its pros and cons. But you're also talking about information that's very specific and typically targeted at a specific person or specific group. Okay, so I mean, it may be true for subjects that are not very visual or tactile Mm -hmm. in their fundamentals. So if I wanted to learn about woodworking, a podcast would not help me out very much. I'd really need to either look at YouTube videos or apprentice with a woodworker, go to a wood shop, feel, right? I can't really learn from a podcast how to do good woodworking, right? No, in that particular case, no. Again, applying this to myself. One of the reasons why I love audio, and I know that other people who feel the way I do express the same thing, is that I'm allowed to use my own imagination in terms of what I'm listening to. A video is straightforward. You see what you see, and that's it. There's no mystery. There's no guessing. Now, there are situations where, yes, the visual portion is important when you're watching someone do something. However, I can tell you for myself that I can visualize a lot of that through a good announcer. For me, the appeal of audio is that it's not passive. Video, to me, is very passive. There's nothing to think about. You just watch it. Yeah. So are there cases where the video would be more helpful? Yes. However, people who are really into audio get a lot more out of it than the person who's not. Mm -hmm. Right. But in general, what we're talking about is the proliferation of information. Okay. And the accessibility of information. And if podcasts didn't exist at all, we'd still have access. Absolutely. All of that information you're talking about. Yes. So the question is, Really, what is the use of pumping out even more content, quote unquote? I'm starting to think content is a dirty word, Mm -hmm. frankly, because so much of it is just crap, as we know, right? right? That when somebody says, oh, yes, we need to get more content, more information out into the world. Information is power. We need to have information accessible everywhere. Mm -hmm. It really starts to irritate me because my fundamental inclination is to think Maybe this is not a logical outcome, that the world will be better off the more information there is out in the world. It's very confusing as it is already, Mm -hmm. right? And once upon a time, in smaller communities, I got my information 
say, if I'm in an Italian or Portuguese community, maybe at the local cafe, right, where I'd meet together with mostly men, typically. Mm-hmm. That's just the culture. But the news of the day and information would be passed in those contexts, face-to-face. Perfect. Now, you just said the news of the day. Well, the news of the day essentially is a story being told. Yeah. The strength of the podcast, if you're looking at it just from a purely information perspective, I agree with you. It's more of the same and could be another form of inundation. Yeah. But if you look at it from the perspective of storytelling, the ability of the speaker to engage the audience from a storytelling format. Yeah. And if you engage the listener, then you're bringing in another element. It's not just about gathering information. You're actually forming a relationship in that community base. Sure. Okay. Stories are integral to community, to mm-hmm. society. I get that. And going back to uh, Yuval Harari's books, our shared fictions underpins everything we create as a community, as a society, as a world. Let's take a look at television and its evolution from the early days in the late 40s, 50s, in the early 60s, black and white, a handful of channels, evolves into cable, into the 500 channel universe, into digital, into Netflix and other large corporations monopolizing in some ways the content. Yes. Okay. That's what's happened to radio. It's the same thing. Right? Early days of radio, a few channels, a few frequencies, even more, and then becomes digital and internet-based. And then now the big boys, again, are swooping in. And essentially, that's what's happening in podcasting right now. We are in that right now. 2018, 2019 were pivotal years in podcasting. Growth rate exponential relative to the years prior. Yep. Right now, you've got corporations clamoring because they see the potential. They see the listenership increasing for the first time. Just recently, the average audio consumer is now consuming podcasts at a higher rate than streamed music. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they see the potential. And part of the problem here is we're also losing what was kind of the heart of podcasting was the individuals or the small operator creating content. Now they're looking to do exactly the same thing to podcasting as Netflix did to film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is buy up, create even, create. Sure. They're, they're creating studios to produce their own content. With top-notch uh, movie stars, right? Yes, or other means. So I agree with you in terms of, look, you could eliminate TV, radio, and podcasting and every other form of media if you were still living in a small village community. In terms of the actual need, I don't know that there is any. In terms of how we live... A lot of these things are replacing the things we've removed. So, for example, why am I so interested in listening to a good podcast with a good host or hosts that engage me and that I feel connected to? In a sense, if I'm sitting in that isolated apartment or in my home and I'm not with people in a community center or in a local cafe, it affords me a certain connection to other human beings. Yeah, but again, devil's avocado, I think yeah. that's somewhat of an illusion. I agree. You know, like we identify, I identified as a kid with the Ed Sullivan show, which we watched religiously week to week to week. Mm-hmm. If I was isolated, I could say, well, I'm connecting to the world through Ed Sullivan. Right. But 
it's not a true connection. It's not authentic. It's not ultimately real. It's mediated through these entertainment platforms. And I just don't know how valuable it is to the human psyche to think that they're connected in that way through these media. It's a philosophical question I'm raising here. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I understand podcasting is a thing in and of itself. It's active. But philosophically speaking, I'm just not 100% sure that it's absolutely essential to the well-being of mankind that there be yet another universe of hundreds of thousands of possible places to go for quote-unquote information. Mm -hmm. That's my questioning right now. And I would agree with you in the way you just described it, because if I use that as a measuring stick, I probably wouldn't listen to podcasts myself. Yeah. That's not where I'm coming from. I can't speak for the listener. Mm-hmm. I can speak for myself. It comes down to, for me anyway, quality content and interest. And for me, I look at a podcast far more from the instruction, education, and learning base than I do from just trying to connect with another human being because I'm lonely. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right? I don't think there is any replacement for that. I don't think there's any amount of movies, TVs, radios that can quench the needing soul. <laughs> Box, box. Things are changing fast. Is there a podcast bubble on the horizon? Is it all going to burst? Are people just going to, I don't know, go back to listening mainly to the radio? Is no. it a bit of a fad? Is no. what I'm asking? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know how to expand on that. I don't, I don't think not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Um, no, I mean, it's the kind of train's left the station now, isn't it? It's not going to go mm. back. It's really exciting and it's really... It's going to be great to see where it goes in the next couple of years. It takes kind of it kind of takes energy though to listen to a podcast, doesn't it? It's not like switching on the radio. You just switch it on and not think about it. A podcast, you have to go kind of you have to kind of search for it. And... I don't know if I agree. I think there's a bit of research that's shown that young people in particular are seeing um, podcasts or thinking of podcasts as their wind down mm-hmm. moment. So they're seeing it as a break from all the other stuff that they're all the other content that they're being bombarded with. So all the stuff on social the visual stuff on YouTube when they click on a podcast it's that's their kind of space to relax and and chill out yeah, and I never of, thought of it like that yeah give you your eyes just, a rest give your eyes a rest you give your brain a rest podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you know although you are actively listening it's just you're in your head and you're just having that moment of kind of breaking away from the rest of the world and and having a bit of space and own time okay I really believe in podcasting as a form to reach hundreds of millions of people that would be otherwise unreachable. I mean, the reason why audio is proliferating at the rate that it is is because of technology. We've always had radio. We've always had TV and so on. But there are hundreds of millions, if not billions of people who sit in these remote areas of the world that don't have or didn't have this or didn't have the means or the money to engage these things. And now you've got some guy in the middle of a village in India who can barely afford to eat, but he's got a $150 smartphone with real cheap data <laughs> <laughs> that allows him to engage with the rest of the world on whatever level he engages in. So he can go hungry and listen to Ira Glass. <laughs> yeah. but, but <laughs> Talking but, about his American life. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree with you in terms of what you're describing. But again, depending on the individual, there are people who don't, look at things to save them. They look at things as tools. I'm one of those people. 
I will listen because I want to learn something or I hear an opinion on something. I don't pretend that the podcast or the movie or the book is going to save my life or is going to resurrect me from whatever abyss I'm in. I know, but why can't we have media that people connect to that does fundamentally change who they are? You see, the you more- You can. Yeah, but it's so uh, rare that it's almost invisible because the more podcasts that come on board aping other types of podcasts, whether it's crime stories or interviews or celebrity, this or that, mm-hmm. the less opportunity there is, the less chance there is that somebody's going to be profoundly affected and changed by it because it becomes cookie cutter after a while. I agree. Especially with the big boys coming in and buying up all this stuff. Anytime that happens, content becomes somewhat more constricted. Yes. Right? So a brilliant book, for example... I think can change fundamentally the way you see the world. Yes. A podcast, not necessarily going to happen in 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Right? No, but again, it depends on how you look at it. Not in 30, 40 minutes, but if there's someone you've been following for a year or two whom you respect or whom you'd like at least to listen to or get an idea from, mm-hmm. it can have that effect. It comes down to every subject we've covered for the last two years. When you break it all down, it ultimately comes down to personal choices. Our personal choices. Our personal choices. Because what we're talking about here is the masses. The masses who are constantly being guided like a herd of sheep by media, by advertisers, by corporations. But there's still a group of people out there who are not as affected by those types of things. Mm -hmm. There are still people out there who seek sources other than what is presented. So as an example, when we started this podcast, that's why I avoided the whole advertising thing. We may only have 100 listeners, but there are 100 good listeners who are actually interested. Right, which tells you that if you want to be a podcaster and you're not a big boy, don't think about uh, making any profit. It's likely not going to happen anytime soon. But the whole evolution of the podcasting world, echoing that of the other media conglomerate worlds, Mm -hmm. is really pointing to the fact that you can start something and be on the fringe, but sooner or later, it's going to be swept up in the mainstream. It happened to podcasting. It's now mainstream in a way, right? Of course it can happen. It's happening. Yeah. But there will always be outliers. Well, I hope so. I hope the people out there who are thinking about starting a podcast really think deeply about what is the very unique angle that you are bringing to the podcast, which you really can't find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, where are you breaking the rules such that people go, wow, this is really interesting. They're breaking the rules, but they're doing something very positive and amazing here. They're creating magic. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've kind of lost in some ways is that sense of how do we create magic? And, you know, filmmaking, it's sort of understood that you're creating magic on the screen. That's what filmmakers do, mm-hmm. and they understand they're doing that. I don't think podcasters necessarily get that. In, no, but even, but even when you're talking about filmmaking, what makes a film better than another for you? It's how the story is told, essentially. That's right, yes. So the exact same thing to me applies to podcasting, radio, and so on. You, the listener, have to determine for yourself in which category you fit in. I don't think there's any podcast that will ever satisfy everyone, just like there isn't any movie that satisfies everyone. What's your reason for doing it? Anybody listening out there, if you're doing this purely to make money, don't leave your day job. 
Exactly. But there are other elements to this. To me, it's about can you create some positive influence or influence, period. Yeah, and explore areas of life that uh, light is not typically being shed upon. Mm -hmm. When we do our transcendent tunes, for example, I'm always thinking, what is a tune that might have been popular but under the radar in some ways? Mm -hmm. Like the Harry Chapin Sniper song we did last time. Yeah. And let's talk about that because where else is that being talked about in that way? And there's another element here. This gives you the opportunity to offer something on a purely voluntary basis. The listener does not have to listen to a single word I'm saying or we're saying, but if they want to, they can. I do agree with you, though, that in terms of the necessity of it, I don't think it's necessary. You and I both are working, and we don't make our living off of this podcast. Right. So we're doing this kind of out of the goodness of our hearts, really. And the joy it gives us, too, as individuals. I get a lot of joy out of exploring these areas that aren't talked about very much or have been forgotten and bringing them back to life, whether it's the life of Edith Piaf Mm -hmm. or the history of the arch in our uh, Time Trek series that we've been doing. Uh, All those things we've been doing over the last few years and building into the podcast keeps adding to the joy I feel in doing it. And that's what keeps me going. But my concern is that the future of podcasting will start to wind down into the same old, same old, the big companies buying up all the small companies and it just becoming another conglomerate, media conglomerate operation designed to sell people products. But again, it's one of those things you have to choose. I mean, what in our lives today does anyone feel they have control over? Exactly. Exactly. Which actually reminds me of a book I just read Ah. (laughs) called The Dice Man. And it's a guy who feels that uh, he's a psychotherapist and he's disillusioned with life and society. And he doesn't feel that his clients or any clients, psychotherapeutic clients, are really making any deep changes in their lives. It's all superficial. Mm. So he comes across this idea of taking a dice or a die and throwing the die and whatever number it lands on corresponds to one of six possible courses of action that you have to take. So if number three in the list is run a marathon, go to Boston and run the marathon, and it lands on the number three, you you have to do it. Whether you're a runner, 95 years old, that doesn't matter. You'd have to go and follow the die. And it changes his life. It changes everything. It's an incredible book. But to me, that kind of idea brought to a podcast where there's a certain level of uncertainty yes. that people are going to tune into. So f- when we talk about the future of our podcast, for example, A, mm-hmm. we've got a new logo that's gone up. Yes. The people will notice. And at the bottom of the logo, it says no limits. So what we're going to do is try to build in some aspects of what no limits means going on location, for example, as we've started to do, yes. you know, bringing some uncertainty in, into the podcast, maybe having phone-ins. I don't know. We have to sort of talk it through. We've got to explore these things. Yeah. yeah. And, and bringing more of our own creative content. And I think what you're talking about is also one of the things when we first began this a couple of years ago was, apart from the art of conversation, these things in part are also a way of hoping that people will maintain a level of critical thinking. Yes, of course. 
which is why I like playing the devil's avocado. Questioning the assumptions we make as members of a society, Mm -hmm. where everything starts to get concretized very quickly, whether it's in the form of institutions or media platforms or ways of living and being, the habits start forming and we start living habitually rather than thinking for ourselves and being fresh every day and attacking the world in a different way. Yeah, you're talking about not becoming a parrot, an information parrot. Sure, being alive, you know, Mm -hmm. finding our vitality again and not being passive. Look at Greta Thunberg running around the world uh, efficiently running around the world. Or and, attempting to. You know, attempting to and mm-hmm. talking with great erudition in front of the UN and all these governments and really telling it like it is. Of course, not everybody is interpreting it that way. Well, of course not. There's always going to be people who right. love you, people who hate you, and people right. in the middle who don't really care either way. Right. <laughs> right. But the point is that here's somebody who is living her life authentically, mm-hmm. and her adventures are adventures. She's traveling the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so why can't a podcast do that? Why can't a podcast be out there making statements, asking questions. It can be. There are no restrictions that way. The restriction comes in when the people creating the podcast decide that they don't have the time and resource because they're not being compensated for doing the podcast. But if that's not the factor, there are no limits to what you can do. No limits. That will also depend on whether it's important for you to have an audience because you may choose to do something where only six people are listening. Right. So determine what's the basis for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it's famous or because it makes a lot of money does not necessarily mean it's good or it's the right thing. It's what most people are buying. Yeah, right. So if that's what you're into. I don't know. I just know... In terms of what my own purpose is and what we started out to do. Well, I think what we started out to do, and which is what we continue to do, is have a conversation that is meaningful, that has some thought put into it, mm-hmm. and some energy and passion. And we're going to carry that on. Right. Right? And But as far as content and topics, it could go in many directions. Absolutely. So people who do listen to the SIL podcast, be prepared for anything because no limits means no, no limits. limits. Okay. And that's it that's for me. That's a great note to end it on. Andy. It is a great note to end it on. And a toast to the future. Cheers. Cheers. To Ciao. 2020. To 2020. See you then. Bye, Harry. Ciao. <sighs> that's good, good coffee. Good. the sill podcast is a connecting dots media production available at the sill podcast.com